welcome to Fermented Faith. Uh, we are back to uh, talk some more about um, just the implications of Roe v. Wade. I think in our last podcast, we talked about how there are going to be particular implications for us here in Illinois. And um, I, I, I knew that would be swift. I, I, I didn't realize within a week we would be hearing about a clinic opening up uh, literally kind of in our backyard or our or side yard just to the west of us here in Carbondale. And uh, and that's what's happened. I think I was thinking more along borders, but it 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 uh it does make some sense now knowing the context there's um there is um uh, evidently an abortion clinic that exists in Memphis called Choices that um has been planning for a while knowing that Tennessee would uh shut down um their clinics and and change their laws to allow no abortions. And so they've been scoping out Carbondale for a while, and so they just re- released within the last couple of days uh, an announcement from their website that they're going to be opening a clinic in Carbondale and really promoting it as um, a destination abortion place, um, particularly for the folks in Tennessee, which is where they're at. Um, they're, they're pointing to the fact that there's Amtrak access, um, that it'll be the southernmost um, clinic in Illinois, and and as they say that, kind of in general, for a long, like, majority of people in the Midwest, even South Midwest, Southwest, we're going to be, Illinois will be a safe haven, and couple that with the governor's, Governor Pritzker's unapologetic, you know, statements on Twitter and social media saying as much, mm-hmm. as long as I'm governor. Explicitly, yeah. this is a safe haven. Celebrating the numbers. He he posted a graphic celebrating the numbers of people who have traveled here mm-hmm. at, to get abortions. I forget what exactly they they called that stat, but it had gone up in the last five years anyway. And with this move, it will only go up more. Um, and he's celebrating that. As long as I'm your governor, this will be a yeah. um, safe haven. Out of state patients receiving care. Yeah. In quotes. Yeah. In Illinois. Yeah. So. All right, so we, we, we said that those sorts of things would begin happening and it would have particular implications for us here in Illinois. Um, but with that, I, I, I know for me personally, I, that was like a sobering, like, okay, that's, that's real, that's, that's close. I mean, I know a lot of our people have traveled up to, is it Fairview Heights, O'Fallon area, where there's a clinic now, um, and done protest, you know, have, have done ministry type of things over the years. Um. And, and, you know, that's always been kind of a, that happens in the city kind of thing. Let's go up there. And, and so this is going to be in our backyard now. And, um, and so that took me, uh, it, even though I knew it was coming, it, like, oh, Carbondale, like that's, that's significant. And so I think there's going to be a lot of thinking through, like, what does that mean? What do we do? What's our response? And so we talked generally a little bit last time. I wanted to get really specific and practical and, um, and talk through our, our response. And so you can, uh, ask clarifying questions to my, to my rants and help me stay, uh, stay on track and, and helpful, um, here. But, um, I, I know one of the first, one of the first things we hear about and one of the first inclinations I think we have is, is to protest. And I, I heard, I heard just secondhanded. I haven't followed, um, the actual organization of this protest, but I heard that, that there was some folks, um, putting together a protest to protest the opening of this clinic in Carbondale. 
Um, and again, I know that many of our people, that's been a part of the pro-life movement. Um, and, and it's not my first reaction. I, I, I don't, I tend to not see a ton of actionable value out of that. I, I tend to lump that in with perpetuating polarization. Um, but even as I thought through that, I'm like, okay, I don't know. Maybe there is a role of letting Governor Pritzker know not everybody thinks like you do. And I know that he would know that, but, and so maybe there is a role to that, but I think there's implications to think through what's our, what, you know, what, what's our posture, what, what's our goal in the protest. And so, mm-hmm. um, that, that's one thing I want to think through. Uh, but then I have, I have some other thoughts just about, all right, how do we actually, you know, as this is not going to be a one-time thing, um, th- this is going to be a, a part of our lives now, uh, very, very near. And, and there's some things we can't do, uh, some things we can't change, but, you know, uh, what, let's, let's, let's think through what we can and what does that look like in the very practical nature. So anyway, what was your initial thoughts, uh, even about protest or the whole deal? Uh, I'll take a break and let you kind of catch up and then, uh, go from there. I I tend to fall where you do that, that the whole, let's get upset, let's protest, let's get some signs and and march outside of something. A lot of times I don't see how that brings value to the conversation. Uh, like you said, you know, I think there is a, a way that, that we let our elected officials know, hey, we're, we're not happy about this. We do have a differing opinion, uh, but we don't want to let the posture of our protest detract from what that message is. And, and for us as Christians, our, our message is one of love, but of the gospel, that only the gospel can change these sorts of things. Yeah. And sometimes I, I feel, you know, if we're just going in here to protest and that is the goal in and, in and of itself, yeah, like are we just perpetuating the age of outrage? I'm outraged yep. about this and yep. I want to let somebody know and then it stops there. And I don't think that advances any sort of conversation. And uh, frankly, it's... And, a- and especially towards the gospel. Yeah. And frankly, it's a low bar of action. If I'm being, I think that's where I look at it. It's like speaking up, saying you're pro-life, voting, like those are the lowest of bars as far as what should we be doing. And so that's a thing for me. Uh, And then I think taking, like, depending on how you approach that and the posture, it does absolutely have the potential at least to perpetuate negative polarization Mm -hmm. and the age of outrage, I think is a great way to put it. Um. Yeah. So, but on the flip side, I was trying to be objective this morning and think through, like, okay, but if I'm be if if we're thinking about this in its most basic terms, we're talking about life, and we're talking about how do we save lives. That's the heart of of the pro life movement, which should be in the heart of Christians. Just to state the obvious, I think I think we're we're thinking about our audience being primarily our church and. And from Bible Belt culture, I, I I don't feel like my job predominantly when I'm before our people is to convince them to be pro-life. I feel like I can assume that for the most right. part. But to state the obvious, because of our identity in Christ, because of our theology, we absolutely believe that, that life mm-hmm. is, is sacred and should be protected. And so we boil it down to the basic of that, like what we're trying to do is protect lives. And if you ask me, like, 
hey, what would you be willing to do to save a life if somebody was at risk of dying and I could do something about like, well, the answer would be like, I'd do anything I could, right? Like, without hesitation. Yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, we'd throw ourselves in front of, you know, danger. We, we, we would, we, we would take any advantage of any opportunity. And so I don't want to minimize the role that, that potentially protesting could make. Um, and, and I think it's important, like, to note that there have been good Christian pro-life people that have been laboring for this day. Again, I don't want to lose the fact that this is a big deal. If Roe v. Wade indeed gets it overturned, which still, still seems to be the trajectory, mm-hmm. isn't, a, isn't a done deal yet. But if that happens, I mean, th- there needs to be just a full-stop celebration for us as Christians that we've longed for this day. And so I don't want to be the guy that just goes to now the real work begins and I don't want to be that. I, I am. I am inclined that way to be kind of a. a I would call myself a realist. My wife would say uh, <laughs> pessimist. But, but. So yeah, I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to not celebrate. But I'm sort of assuming we're going to do that, and then I, and I'm thinking through the implications, and and I think just particularly for us here in Illinois, we, because we are going to be that state uh, that, the very that that abortion clinic. Choices. You can go to their website if you want, and and you can see their video announcing this clinic. They are celebrating coming to Carbondale. They are celebrating the access that it will provide from Memphis and Nashville. It's just a short three-hour drive from both or Amtrak ride from Memphis uh, all the way from Louisiana. Actually, yeah, they talk about that all the way from – is it New Orleans? Does Amtrak go all the way down there? I believe so. So they're, they're using that. They strategically picked Carbondale. Um. For and they're and they're unapologetically promoting it as such, and so, um, so that that's a reality that is true in our state that isn't for everybody else, and so we as Christians in this state and in this area need to think about that because now our tax money. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of implications here, and so we do need we don't want to ignore a the victory of Roe v. Wade will save lives, like it will. Um, but in in a lot of ways, it's gonna re, it's gonna reshuffle mm-hmm. where those things happen. But it will. I think even like a liberal um, study that I read. I can't remember if I talked about this on the last one, but I think it was in, I think it was in the New York Times suggested that a overturn of Roe v. Wade would reduce abortions in the U.S. at large by about fourteen percent. Well, it's just, those are significant numbers mm-hmm. when you look at the numbers. That so I don't want to say they're not, but the reality is it puts it back in the states, and they're still going to happen. It's just going to change it, and Illinois is going to be a safe haven, and that's what we're seeing. It's going to happen right over there. So we're going to have, a, uh, you know, the rest of our however long this that clinic exists over there. That we're on the front lines, if you will, of how do we rightly respond to that. So. I want to provide some thoughts and you can ask Claire, you know, you can help me stay helpful here. But, um, so I think we'll come back to the protest piece a little bit. Um, but when I think about I, what was helpful for me is to think about it in the air war, in terms of air war and ground war. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is, and I'm borrowing that idea from some other ministry conversations, but, um, I think it's helpful here because you think about, what, you know, um, an issue like this has um, uh, the um, ideology and political policy and media narrative aspect. Mm-hmm. 
And I would call that the, the air war. It's not, it's not personal. It is ideolo- ideological. It is often political. And that exists. And it's disseminated in a mass yeah. level. Right. And then you have the ground war where it's people. It, you're actually talking about people here. Mm-hmm. And that's true of the LGBTQ conversation. Right. Um, really any cultural. Black Lives Matter. Like there's things that we want to be concerned about on a, on a large scale and an ideological scale. Um, but then and we, when we can approach them in a certain way and have certain actions there. But I think, um, and, and, and our country affords us an opportunity to that, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of countries, people don't get a voice in the air war or a, a vote mm-hmm. practically and figuratively in the air war. And we do. And so we don't want to ignore that influence that we have as Christians in America. But I think you, you look at kingdom work and the way Jesus, prim, which we covered in the last podcast, primarily is talking about the ground war being people on people. And I think you have to have a, not a, not a different, you don't have different outcomes or different values, but your approach mm-hmm. and your action steps change at that point. And, and I think you need to have both um, to be an intellectually honest pro-life person. You need to be uh, engaged in both air war and ground war, but that's generally what I'm thinking of. Um, the ground war being more the relationships when you're actually talking to a person, it's no longer an ideology. You're looking at a person. Yeah. There's a, there's a face associated with the issue. Yeah. So what I mean by that is the woman who's actually pregnant with an unwanted pregnancy. And now, now it's not the uh, talking heads on Fox news and CNN. Right. Or the elected officials arguing in Congress. Um, or the trolls on the internet. Now you're actually talking to a human Mm -hmm. who has an actual life inside of them. They have a life themselves, um, and they're often scared, um, maybe full of shame, often, uh, guilt, fear. There's just a lot going on there. And so what we do there should be different than what we do in the air war and, and that kind of thing. So posture should be the same. And we'll talk about that underlying message in just a minute. But, um, yeah, so what do we do? Uh, I think um, we talk a lot about ground war stuff at The Journey. I think that's been um, an emphasis of, of, of our ministry over the last few years of, of hey, you know, let, we can actually do something about the children who are being born. You know, we should be engaged in fostering and adopting and serving mm-hmm. at pregnancy centers. We've got a little card on our um, lobby table that says ways to be pro-life with an emphasis on the B. Uh, and, and it talks about, you know, signing up to serve at the pregnancy center of pregnancy matters, which we have, uh, pregnancy matters is, uh, um, a pro-life pregnancy resource center, um, that exists in Marion and Carbondale. And, um, so their, their stuff is on there. Obviously we talk a lot about restore network and, and fostering mm-hmm. and adopting and, um, we're we're working on a, a a new ministry with the pregnancy center that I'll talk about later. But so, so those sorts of things is what I mean by the ground war. But really, like mentoring, you know, uh, taking in a uh, a mom, you know, a woman who is pregnant, like mentoring, loving on them, doing life with them. Mm-hmm. That's messy. That's hard. But I think that's 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 what 
when you think about, you know, if you go back to the WWJD, what would Jesus do if an abortion clinic was opening down the road from him in America, 2022? That's a good question. It's an interesting right. question, isn't it? Like, and, yeah. you, and then you try to filter the, you try to look at the, the gospels and think, okay, what would he do? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably often not what we would first associate him doing. Mm-hmm. Because I think of the woman accused of adultery. Yeah. That wouldn't have been my first choice in what what the Son of God <laughs> does. Right. <laughs> no, it's right in the sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not what you would do. No. Yeah, yeah. I know it's. Uh, and very often, Jesus didn't do what the religious people expected him to do. You know? Correct. Um, and you can over romanticize that and lead right. you to a place where you're never confronting sin and, and that that's not what we're trying to do but but yeah I think it's helpful to think about so all right let's go back to let's go back to our general posture and I think um, let's let's address the issue of, of protest um, because I do think the air war matters and like I said because of the country we live in we actually do have a voice into that um, the air war would include voting right like because that's a policy issue mm-hmm. I'd love to hear like I'm gonna put you on a spot and ask like what does it look like for us to let our elected officials know? I'd be real. I think I wrote a letter to a senator once years ago, but like, what does that practically look like? Uh, healthily look like? And so I'll, I'll put you on the spot and you can gather some thoughts if you want, if you know right <laughs> now, but um, those sorts of things, we, we do have the opportunity. So I think we can do them. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't think it's wrong to protest in general. I just mm-hmm. think I, I, I have some thoughts about your posture when you're protesting and, right. and what your goal is when you're protesting. But Right. It, and I, I think it's always, it's always helpful to, to remember, like, first and foremost, we're dealing with a broken world. Yeah. Uh, that everything is tainted by sin. Yep. Like, you, you can't escape from that. And I, I think it's helpful to to always remind ourselves of, you know, what we're looking at in Ecclesiastes, that Mm. we can apply all the wisdom and all the logic, but without true faith, without true heart change. Even all the legislation. All the legislation, yeah. That that legislation, that that policy change, that air war, um, in and of itself, isn't enough. And so, like, we need to acknowledge that that that's, that's the baseline. That, that only the gospel can address the, those real issues. But, again, that, that doesn't mean that we don't engage in what we would view as wise choice, wise policy, wise legislation. And so as you engage in those, things that, that we should be extremely thankful that we have the opportunity to engage in, like our, our posture needs to reflect the heart of Christ, that there is a concerning compassion for those individual faces that are affected by this issue, those mothers um, who are who may be scared or terrified or don't know what to do. Uh, and some of them may not even fall into that, that scared category, and they just think that this is best. But we have to have the heart of Christ in, in addressing those things, as we write a letter to our congressman or to our senator or to our governor, we don't want to devolve into name-calling and how you're a terrible, horrible, right. hurtful person. Like that, 
I, I, I'm fairly confident <laughs> that's not what Jesus would do. Yeah. And so, you know, in a very loving way, how do we communicate that message without alienating mm. to the point where they don't even hear our message because we, we've attacked them. Yeah. And we've forced it into the arena of ideological debates or um, policy instead right. of, yeah, instead of like hope and right. Yeah, I agree. And I think there could be a way to, you know, to hold a sign that communicates a gospel hope, mm-hmm. but there's certainly a way to hold a sign that doesn't and contributes to what you're saying and shuts off conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, if you're thinking of the air war, okay, that's how it's fought sometimes and how productive that is can be debated. But when, when I, what I really want us to think about is the woman who's scared, mm-hmm. um, who's pregnant and scared um, if they're from our area, they're probably full of shame because mm-hmm. they're Bible Belt. And they know this was wrong. They're going to be viewed wrong, you know, viewed um, poorly out of wedlock. It's not always true in urban areas. There's not always that shame attached. But in our area, that's true. Um, and she's not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even even the extremes, I, I th- I'm hesitant. I, I always want to make sure that I'm I'm acknowledging that there are hard times of rape and incest that come up that come upon a woman, and I don't want to ignore them. I just think they're used as straw men mm-hmm. in the big argument, and, it, and it's such a small percentage of, of abortions that we're talking about that I don't think it's it should be used with the leverage that it gets used. Um, it doesn't mean that life doesn't have value. It certainly means we should have increased compassion in our action mm-hmm. with those moms. It has to be right. turned up accordingly like you would in any trauma situation somebody that's you know got multiple uh, fatal wounds is going to get different treatment at a hospital different priority you know from that staff than a person mm-hmm. who's broken their leg right right and i think i think we should have a similar response to somebody who's been raped our, our compassion our resources our tears mm-hmm. should all m- match appropriately but that never leads us to a place of saying well in this case get rid of this baby but i just want to be sensitive about that um but anyway majority of the time what we're dealing with is somebody who's made a mistake Mm -hmm. has a pregnancy they're scared they're not sure they can handle it they're not sure that maybe the dad's bailing Mm -hmm. right whatever whatever those things are and and how do we respond to them and and what does that look like to to um, engage with them and that's the that's the the ground war type of stuff and so again maybe you protest maybe you I, i think we'll come back to this, but like prayer walking is totally different than protesting. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so maybe go over to that site. I don't, I don't know where the site is. Maybe they say it. It's not a, they're not breaking ground. They're taking an, a, an existing building and converting it is what they said. I don't know where that is. I'm sure you can find it out, but prayer walking is totally different than protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm certainly got no beef for that. But if, if you're going to protest, I think if I'm thinking about what, if, if our people were going over there, if I was going over there, what, what, or, or if I could speak on the news, what, like, and say to the, to that pro-choice crowd, because you listen to their narrative, man, they're just as passionate as we are. They mm-hmm. believe this is care for women. They believe, I, and and listen, I have, and thought, they're, they're sincere and genuine. Yes, too. and I don't want anybody to think I don't have thoughts about the foolishness of that of those arguments because i do and i've had them 
I just, I just don't put any weight in them actually changing anything, having those mm-hmm. arguments. But education's different. We'll talk about that. I think that's a part of the air war too. But, but yeah, these people are sincere, and so they, and they they believe what they're saying. And so yeah, how do we approach? So if I could speak to them at large, or if I could say if we're having a protest and what I want them to, or if we're serving a ministry at that abortion clinic once it opens, what do I want those people to know? Well, that life matters, first of all. Mm -hmm. And the first piece of that that I think we forget sometimes is that their life matters. Right. And the culture forces us into this dichotomy of either the woman's life matters or the baby's life matters. They both matter. They both matter. And we have to be willing to say that. Mm -hmm. And and what that means gets, you know, that's where some of the debate is. But it's certainly because her life matters doesn't mean it matters more than the child. And that's where some of the debate happens. But, But I think being willing to say, like, hey, your life matters. Mm-hmm. woman who's pregnant and I know this wasn't in your plans and you know how, what to the degree of conversations you get to have but the point being your li- like life matters so your life matters L- we want to be there for you mm-hmm. we're here for you period even if you cho- even if you chose to abort the baby frankly we should still be there for you right the gospel would lead us to that very hard conclusion we should still be there for you um, life matters your life matters the pregnancy in your, you know, in your womb, call it what you want. That's a life and it matters. So don't abort it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's cruel. It's, it's, it's murder, you know, like depending on, it's inhumane. It's ev- like, don't abort it. Um, we're here to help you, mm-hmm. if you, you know, raise that baby, care for you and, and raise that baby. And then we're also here to raise that baby for you. If you won't, mm-hmm. if you can't, that should be our message. Life matters. Mm-hmm. So let us be there for you. And, and I think it's helpful for us to remember, because I, I think all of us understand that, but to know that like that, that's an intentional commitment on our part. Mm. And in a lot of cases, that's a time-consuming commitment, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's not just like, we saw you here outside of this clinic, we love you, we love your baby, and that be the end. Yeah. Like we have to be willing, like if if that's what our message is, and I and I believe that it is, right? Like we we are walking with you. Yeah. If if this if this is a week, if it's a month, if it's years, yep. If that's going to be our message, and if we're truly going to say that we care about these mothers, we care about these babies, yeah. That that's an intentional commitment on our part. It's not just a passing moment. Yep. Of. Hey, we told them we loved them. We pat ourselves on the back, and, and, and we then, feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that there's going to be a, and that's what we're going to see more and more. And that's where I think there is an inclination, like, okay, now the work is going to begin. And that there's some truth to that because we do have to be willing to have those conversations. I know, I know of a woman who who was in the Metro East Clinic, where whatever city that's in. Um, or, or loving on, like trying to witness and, and minister anyway. And, and a, a young girl looked at her and said, okay, if you will adopt my baby, I'll have it. Well, I mean, there's obviously some legal, I mean, but that can happen. And you know, like, but that, like she meant it. <laughs> like, okay, that's big. Like mm-hmm. maybe not everybody could say, I don't mean to pretend that everybody could say yes to that, but I think way more of us could than we are. And mm-hmm. so we need to be willing to wrestle with that point. I, I know there was a pastor, you know, like, again, this is all, these conversations get tied together 
in a litany of ways, but you, there is there is overlap in the cultural movement of LGBTQ trans, you know, rights, if you will. Uh, but anyway, like I, I know there was there was a conversation I, with with somebody I know that was like talking to a well-meaning pastor that was like really concerned about bait, like kiddos going into the home of, of a same-sex couple. And, and he said, like, okay, if you know, if that's going to happen, if that child's going to be placed in a, in the home of a same sex couple and there's no other option, call me and we'll take them. And we, and the woman talking to him was like, then you need to get licensed because that's just a reality. Like, that's mm-hmm. not an if. Right. It that, will happen. That's happening <laughs> now, like multiple times a month in our little communities. So we need to be, we need to count that cost and carry it out. Like, what are we willing to do? And and I want to be careful because they will use, like the the other, the the narrative on the progressive side of this, the pro-choice conversation, they will throw that in our face. And it's hard to, like that we are not actually pro-life after the babies are born. That's not as true as they want it to be. But boy, it's hard to defend when you look at the church and our Mm -hmm. response. Um, there is a lot of children that are in need right now. And so it's hard for us to say, yeah, we want more of them to be born when we're not caring for the ones that are here. Mm-hmm. When I've had to say no to multiple foster placements in the last two weeks, I don't know if you've got any calls, but I have. And that, ah, you know, that's hard. So, right. so there is some legitimacy. Like, again, I don't want to straw man that out and say that there's no pro-life people that are actually, because there are, but, we have to we have to face that reality and be willing, like you said, this is not going to be a we show up for a, an afternoon of protest or an afternoon of engagement and we feel better about it. It's like, are we willing to do the long term? It's going to be messy, very very messy. We mm-hmm. both experienced it, and uh, so yeah. But that's our posture. Life matters. Mm-hmm. That should be our posture. Okay, so whatever you're going to do, that should be our message and our posture. If you're going to go protest, you're going to go prayer walk, you're going to go engage, you're going to. Lo- you're going to vote. You're going to speak up. If you get a television interview, like, uh, you know, if you go protest and then they, they stick a camera in your face, like, don't talk about how big of an idiot or how evil the mm-hmm. other side is. That's just not helpful rhetoric. And that's what that's what we see when you think about the air war. We see this political and hateful rhetoric from both sides. And I just don't think we should be we should not be contributing to that. Right. But that doesn't mean we don't speak at all, right? So our message should be, hey, life matters. And because it matters, mm-hmm. we want to be there for the moms and we want to be there for the babies, whatever that looks like. We'll walk with the moms, help them raise those babies. Or, and if they, if they can't, if they won't, we'll take those babies. Like that should be our default message over and over and over again. We're here because life matters. We're here because we love you. Mm-hmm. And we're here to help however we can. So... Uh, let's finish. Let's talk a little bit more about air war. What are, what are some other ways that um, that we can engage um, practically? Do senators still take letters? They do. <laughs> okay, but but I will tell you too, uh, because I've been in some of those offices in in a past life. Sometimes they don't always see the letters that yeah. they have staff. So just sure go in their eyes wide open. So social, but social media is a thing now, right? You right. can leverage that. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. It's a nasty mess in a lot of ways, but leverage that mm-hmm. tool for the good and mm-hmm. and, and and make your your voice known. Um, I, I didn't make notes about this, but what would that if we did use social media? What's a right approach to that? I, I think. Um, how I, can you humbly communicate? I I think it's and boldly. Right, it, it's intentionally clinging to that message, and and the thing with social media, 
that I would always caution against and for us to be aware of it if you go that route if you tweet a, a senator or a, a representative it is real easy to get into trolling mm-hmm. and so yep you know at all costs you know cling to life matters we love mothers we love babies um don't don't devolve into mudslinging yeah uh, because it's, that's really easy to do. Yep. And even if, if you go in with that intention, you know, those are public forums, so you're likely to get pushback from people that want to mudsling at you. Yeah. You know, don't don't take that bait. Yep. Because then that, that's only furthering, Yeah. unfortunately, their side. Yeah. And not a, a lot of productivity happens on right. social media debates and back and mm-hmm. forth. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, but you find ways to communicate, find ways to mm-hmm. make your voice heard and then voting, man, we're coming up on a midterm election. And I heard somebody mm-hmm. say the other day, like, I don't actually think this will be a huge defining. Basically they were saying, yeah, I know this matters, but when it comes down to it, particularly in midterms and all elections, economy, personal comforts, gas prices, those things mm-hmm. matter are, are actually going to drive decisions at the polls more than this. And I would just say, Hey, uh, just it, so by that time we will have a decision for sure on Roe v. Wade, right? That's supposed to happen this summer. Is that right? Uh, it depends. Okay, but you know, even if we do, sure. or if we're still pretty sure it's going to be overturned, okay, that by no means is that a finish line. In fact, that is going to now make midterm and local elections mm-hmm. that much more important because that's actually what Roe v. Mm-hmm. What Roe does is put it back. If that falls, it just puts it on the states, and so now right. our midterm elections are that much more important if you mm-hmm. if you will to be honest and so don't let this issue get lost in other your vote matters now maybe more than than mm-hmm. ever when it comes to the local stuff so so that's all air war stuff that's helpful and and should be used i think for some resources on that i i i've not found anything that i i've not researched this website enough to give it a full endorsement but i have found helpful resources on liveaction.org live action um Lila Rose is the, is the leader of that. It's very pro-life. It's, it's got a lot of resources, and they put out a lot of stuff. And there's education within that that's helpful. So if you, you want a resource to go to, I think, uh, you know, filter it all out yourself. But if, so far what I've seen, it, it's been helpful. Um, so so those are pieces on, on the air war. I think education matters um, mm-hmm. on a lot of fronts. Um, I, I, do, I don't think it's wrong for us to be honest about the horrors of, of abortion. Mm-hmm. Like the videos out there they're hard to watch but that's a reality we need to face and we need to be willing to confront people with lovingly but we can say are you actually aware what happens in an abortion like okay so let's look at it this way i heard from that abortion clinic that's opening they're in memphis now they're opening in carbondale one of their action steps was talk about it talk about abortion if you're pro-abortion you're pro-choice talk about it with your friends and family Talk about why, okay? So, okay, Christians, if you're pro-life, talk about it. Not mm-hmm. in the political, hateful rhetoric, polarization, but have conversations about the, the realities of abortion. Share those videos, not to start fights online, but like, hey, here, have you watched this? Do you know how hor- horrific mm-hmm. it is? Like, we need to face that reality and make sure that other people are facing that reality. If there was, when there is genocide happening, which it is abortion is genocide, but 
when that's happening in a third world country, we want people to know the horrors of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're horrified when we yeah. when we see it with our own eyes. And it compels us to action. We've, right. we've entered into wars mm-hmm. as a result, right? Rightfully so, I believe. That's a whole other conversation about mm-hmm. pacifism and all that. But, but yeah, we, we're, we are prompted to action. And so I think that's important for us to... Mm-hmm. You know, share those things with humility and love. But yeah, the the horrors of abortion, and that can change somebody's mind, legit. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so promoting those things, that kind of stuff. Uh, the other piece of education that I think gets left out a lot is the the truth about choices. So the other side of this movement is called pro-choice. In my mind, they just put that whole idea of choice in the wrong spot. Most of the time in these conversations, women do have a choice, mm-hmm. and men, and it's on whether or not you have sex. Again, recognizing there's exceptions of rape, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to ignore that. I'm just, I've addressed that earlier. But the majority of the time, that's where we have our choice, right? And so we need to be honest about that. We need to to communicate that to our children Mm -hmm. um, and to the people around us that that's when you have a choice is whether or not you're going to have sex. Because if you're choosing to have sex, sex has has the potential to produce life a baby if you're not willing if you're not ready to (laughs) you're not willing to um you know embrace that i don't want to call it a consequence but that result then don't have sex right like so we need to be honest about those choices um the choice is sex or no sex not murder or not murder like murder's not on the table for us as christians like (laughs) right and so um and then and then if if you do mess up and and now there's pregnancy you still have choices but it's not murder, not murder. It's it's how we how is this life gonna come? Like, mm-hmm. are we gonna parent them, mm-hmm. or are we gonna uh, give them uh, into adoption? You know, like those are the choices that I think we need to be educating people on. And those are air those can be mass those can be done in mass is what I'm saying. That can be mm-hmm. an air war approach. That can be ground war stuff too. But that can be air war stuff. Um, and then the big the big E on the I chart is prayer. Mm-hmm. Um just for us to like what an example of solomon's what we talked about last podcast is like legislation only goes so far you can't Mm -hmm. straighten out what's crooked Mm -hmm. and here we are we've got roe being likely to be overturned and you got a pro-choice uh clinic abortion clinic using amtrak as a reason to um put a clinic right in our backyard and 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 it just shows like okay they're gonna drive in they're gonna they're you know and so yeah it's uh it reminds us that it only goes so far and it reminds us of what paul tells us in ephesians 6 is we don't struggle against flesh and blood mm-hmm. if you try to get into these debates i think you said this last time like you try to it, it, there, there's not a lot of ground to be gained there because they believe like we think we're talking about life Mm-hmm. and death and murder they think they're talking about choice you know f- reproductive health mm-hmm. and clumps of cells and i think they genuinely believe it most of the time mm-hmm. sometimes there's just, i think it's a cop out to justify what they want to do but i think it's what they genuinely believe man the only thing that's going to change those hearts is this gospel mm-hmm. and so prayer needs to be like that's our, our primary weapon and paul says man we got we got weapons that destroy strongholds like mm-hmm. let's not discount them let's not just say that oh yeah we can pray like prayers the big guns 
if I we mean, believe what the Bible says, prayer's the big guns, right? I mean, I, I heard a pastor say one time, we, we have more power in prayer than we do in the voting booth. Yeah. And I mean, that, that, sounds, believe, yeah. that sounds like a, a hokey slogan, but, but no, it, it absolutely is truth. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't know what that could look like, how the Lord can use us in Marion and our area. It, you know, I, I think it's one thing to think about the people who are in our area that are considering abortion. And our pre- our current our local pregnancy centers, pregnancy matters between the two clinics. Um, last year alone, saw fourteen lives saved. So fourteen women came to them that were considering abortion, that changed their mind, and decided mm-hmm. to have that child. That's a pretty that's a that that's a cool that's awesome. That's a big number actually for our little area. Mm-hmm. And we we just had lunch with a guy that's on the board, and he what do you say six or eight this year I think so far? Eight so eight far. Eight so far this year in twenty twenty two. January to yeah now. Um, so. And I, pers- I expect that kind of work to continue. I don't know what kind of influence we have on somebody that drives in from another state and just walks right into that clinic. That, to me, feels like that's going to be more the local churches, wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know what that could look like for us to set up. Minute- I mean, I think part of that, we're going to see ingenuity from God's people are going to come up with ways to serve and mm-hmm. you know to, to set up countermeasures of ministry. And praise God for that. I don't want to... So. It's not a one-off conversation. I think we're, we're, we're going to take this seriously as a church about what is our role. And, and we are, I'll talk just a minute about a new ministry that we're partnering with the Pregnancy Matters Center to do. But anyway, um, but prayer is like, yeah, we don't know what the Lord can do to change hearts and minds. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's, there's stories of people who used to run abortion clinics whose hearts have been changed through the gospel and are now mm-hmm. advocates on the other side. And so continue to pray for those things. Science is on our side here. Doesn't mean reason and logic are going to prevail, but you know, there is a lot of leverage and, and the constant and, and frankly, the constitution's on our side, which is what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so we can pray that those things continue to advance, but prayer is, we don't want to, I don't want to minimize that and just tag it on. Um, that should be our primary thing. Um, we don't struggle against flesh and blood, so we don't fight as such either. We need to be fighting this. Uh, when we fight, we'll fight on our knees, as mm-hmm. Phil Wickham says. So, all right. Anything else on on the air war? Those are the notes I had, but nope. All right. So when it comes to ground war, again, I think this is stuff we're more familiar with, or at least if you're part of the journey, you hear us talk about more. But. Um, uh, an area you don't I, I think doesn't get thought about a lot enough is the proactive area like we we think about this so often just when the woman is when the when they're pregnant and they're looking for choice they're looking for um solutions and what do i do but man the proactive piece education that i already talked about but then mentoring in the community mm-hmm. right because a lot of abortions happen from impoverished communities where there's not resources there's fear there's not you know that's true mm-hmm. um and so, yeah, mentoring, loving on people, making sure that we were relationally available and mentoring young women, young men, um, th- that, that's a thing. Um, supporting pregnancy centers, mm-hmm. right? So financial, most of those are, are ran by donations. Um, so you can give them financially. You can give them their time. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that can look a lot of different ways. Um, going in, helping them organize their resource closet, um, mentoring women there, um, 
or real practically, I know our, the Marion office needed somebody to work on their ceiling, their drywall, like they're, they had a texture and it's all fallen down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that seems real indirect, but it actually has direct effects, you know, uh, to be able to provide a, um, you know, a, a building, a facility that is, is nice and warm and welcoming um, for women that are in need. Um, so, so those things all matter, praying for that staff, supporting that staff, loving on them. Um, pregnancy matters. You can look them up online. There's a Marion and a Carbondale, um, clinic. Um, we are working to establish, like there's a, there's a woman from our church that that's getting trained to lead a, a ministry that would partner with them called embrace grace. That, um, that is, is set to, um, any woman that comes in there for help at all would get contact to get this awesome little gift box and invites them into uh, just walking through a study where they get loved on and uh, cared for and the church has an opportunity to throw baby showers it's really cool we'll have more information about it as we kind of get going but uh, we're gonna need some volunteers for that so you can be praying about that and and let me know if you have interest we can get you plugged in it's still being developed but that's gonna be an awesome thing um, and gonna be even more you know in our face as far as the need um, and then I know, uh, again, we talk about this a lot, but opening your home, doing the hard work, being willing to foster, adopt, mentor. I mean, that may mean the mom and the baby living with you, mm-hmm. right? Like we as Christians have a lot of, like, especially middle class, upper middle class, we have a lot of resources at our, our disposal and we got to be willing to use it. But a lot of times it's going to be our time and our comfort that we're not willing to sacrifice. It's right. easier for us to write a check, make a Facebook post, write a senator, are you willing to give up your time and your comfort? Mm-hmm. And that's harder. And I, I don't even say that lightly. It's real. Mm-hmm. But I think Jesus. I, I don't think I know Jesus calls us to it. Mm-hmm. That's that's the laying down our life and picking up our cross, right? And it's hard, but there is real change that can happen. And think about what a powerful. Think about what a powerful statement that is if you see it whether it's anecdotally through one person or if the whole church of Jesus Christ would step up in our nation and say, because life matters, we are here to care for those babies. doesn't matter the number that gets, that, that is born. We will take them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that shuts up at least one part of their argument and we'll change at least some minds. I mean, there is more than one testimony of a woman saying, okay, if I knew a family like yours would take this baby, I'd have it. Okay, we got to step up to that. Like mm-hmm. we got to be the yes and amen to that. Jesus says, "True religion is the one who cares for widows and orphans." Well, that, that's vulnerable. That's the vulnerable people groups in the Bible. Mm-hmm. We don't widows aren't as as vulnerable for us, and we don't have orphans per se in the United States. But what he's saying there is, true religion is the people is is when the people of God show up for those that are vulnerable that have nobody else. All right, church, that's us. That's our opportunity. Show up, say yes, love on those scared single moms and dads. Mm-hmm. If they're, you know, man, I'd love, I get excited about the, the opportunity to speak to a, a dad who's scared, got his girlfriend pregnant. I'd love to walk with that dude, right? I'd, but so, yeah. But being willing to say yes to those kiddos, make sure they have a place to go, man, that can, that can be, a, that's, a, that's a powerful witness that actually does make a difference. Um, and can get to the point of that's a ground war you know you think about actual battle when you have a 
uh, a resistance on the ground in a particular area, um, that spreads, right? If you mm-hmm. think about actual war, um, that spreads. If a group of militiamen or just, you know, soldiers resist. I mean, you All the great battle stories that we know about is when an underdog stood up against a, uh, our American Revolution, whatever you want to, mm-hmm. you know, all these stories. Well, that that creates a groundswell of like everybody's gets uh, wind in their sails and are ready to fight. Like so, we can do that kind of work when communities stand up and say, "Hey, not in Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Any baby you say yes to in that Carbondale clinic, any any woman that comes in that clinic and says, if I have this baby, will somebody take care of it?" If in Southern Illinois there's a resounding yes, mm-hmm. that can have an impact around the world. That's a news story that was hard to ignore. Man, that's that's the job of the church. Step into that. So I know our people aren't surprised to hear that from me, but that again, I think we'll give it a, we'll give an account for that with the Lord. I believe. Well, we need the reminder. Yeah. So those are thoughts. I'm sure we'll have more. We just want to provide you guys with some some thoughts. Um, Chad, you got any other notes you've been making there in my rambling or, or helpful clarifications? No. You, right. you got it, man. All right. Um, yeah. So if you got ideas, thoughts, I don't have the market on this. I have a passion for it, but we're going to need God's people to, to step up and speak in. And so um, we'll be praying about this and mentioning it in Sunday service and um, – you know, we'll continue to make it a focus of our ministry. So if you have thoughts and ideas, you want to be a part of the conversation, just let us know. Um, if you're not a part of our church and you want to let us know stuff, um, you can get on the journeysi.org and find either one of our emails and um, let us know from there. So thanks for listening. And, and um, as, as burdened as I am and grieving about this news of, of Carbondale Clinic, I, it's just a reminder of like, yeah, there's work to be done. And mm-hmm. so I'm actually hopeful too. So. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys.